Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Donna Jones. Uh, Today I actually want to spend some time and just share what's on my heart. And I want to start by asking you a rhetorical question. So for example, if I said to you, do you know where your identity is rooted? Would you answer me that I'm a mom or a dad, maybe a brother or a sister, an aunt or an uncle, or maybe a grandma or a grandpa? Or would you share with me about your job, maybe a job title, maybe you're a doctor, a nurse, maybe a business owner? Or would you identify with a sickness, a pain, a disability, or maybe even an addiction that you've been living with for so many years? You know, actually our identity needs to be rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, and and what I wanna do is I wanna first by, uh, you know, walking us through some scripture you know, to show that that's where our identity should be rooted. So the first scripture I want to go to is Genesis 127. And it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. In Genesis 5.1, it says, you've been made in the likeness of God. Psalm 838 says, he crowned you with glory and majesty. Matthew 5.18 says, he made you perfect, just like his heavenly father. I don't know about you, but that's almost too good to be true. You know, the sad thing is so many people don't even know this as truth. And I only went through some, uh, like four different scriptures. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that shows us who are, what is our identity. And you know, the sad thing is, Not only do people not know this, but people don't believe it. See, that was me. Back in 1980 and 1990, I worked for AT&T and I loved my job. I actually couldn't believe someone was paying me to do what I did. I, it was just my whole world. I just, I just loved it. I loved getting up in the morning. I couldn't wait to get to the office. I loved my desk, my phone, everything. I loved everything on my desk. I loved my, you know, just everything about it. Um, But that's all I thought about. That's all I did. That was my whole identity. My whole world was wrapped up into my job. You know, people used to um, identify me or tell me that I was a workaholic. See, and I didn't believe them. I didn't realize that I had an addictive personality. I thought workaholics were people who didn't like their jobs, you know, who grumbled and complained and were miserable. And I wasn't like that. So I didn't think I was a workaholic, but in essence, I was. It was all I thought about. It was all I did. You know, I never realized that all the time that I was spending at the office or thinking about my job or coming up with creative solution, I was doing it because I was trying to fill a void in my life. See, I loved God, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know his son, and I didn't know that I could have a personal relationship with him. So that was a hole or a void in my life. You know, my whole value, my self-worth, all of that 
was, was wrapped up into my identity for my job. That was until 1995 when I sustained a traumatic brain injury. Now my entire world centered around that brain injury. It centered around me living with a disability. That became my new identity. You know, the doctors told me I would never function. I would never live in mainstream society. I would never be able to do anything. I mean, the prognosis they gave me was, they gave me actually a hopeless situation. I saw my life sitting on a, on a couch or a sofa, staring out a window, staring at a world that was, that was happening all around me that I didn't know. You know, just to give you some um, understanding, you know, every brain injury is different. Um, everybody, you know, deals with different things. So just to kind of give you some context of what my kind of my journey was like is I was diagnosed and I fell below the 25 percentile from a cognitive um, behavior or cognitive deficit of and and what they said is anything below tw the 25 percentile was legally disabled. You know, the report that the doctors had given me, so many of the different scores, like recognizing people's faces or remembering names or things like that, you know, a lot of them times I fell within the five to nine percentile, which was really bad. I mean, it was a very, very low score. So just to kind of help with what cognitive, you know, I had to kind of understand what does cognitive mean? So it's really your short-term memory, your ability to problem solve, your ability to think and to process to learning new information, you know, things like that fall under this cognitive ability. You know, just recognizing my coworkers, you know, sometimes that was a challenge. I had worked with people for years and um, I couldn't remember their names or I couldn't remember or recognize their faces. They kind of looked like I should know them, but I didn't know who they were. So that was kind of definitely a challenge at, when I was working in the office. But you know, just another example I use a lot is, you know, I couldn't articulate the word banana. You know, I could say it looked, it was yellow. It kind of looked like this. I, I, it, you could eat it. You know, I could remember some of those things, but I couldn't ever get the word out like a banana. I would mix up my fork and my spoon. So if I really needed to eat with a fork, I would ask for a spoon. I would um, mix up my left and my right you know, where I wanted to go, where I felt like to, to go where I needed to go, I had to go left when I really needed to go right. So you can imagine how taking me anywhere was it was definitely an interesting experience. You know, I uh, I always say, you know, like going to, if I went to the, if I was out at lunch or out to dinner with somebody and, you know, I would always need somebody to take me to go to the ladies room, which is actually not a bad thing. When you're a female, you can easily make that happen. But if I was to go to, you know, find my way to the ladies room, I would never be able to find my way back to the table. So that kind of gives you some context of, from a cognitive standpoint. From a physical standpoint, I was really, you know, I had been an athlete my whole life. So to go from being an athlete to be sitting on a couch and not being able to really do move things, you know, I had difficulty moving my arms and my legs. I, shuff, I had shuffle steps. So I, you know, I really could not walk at any type of pace. Uh, we timed me one time on the treadmill and I went 0 0.08 miles per hour. I don't even think that go, uh, the treadmills go that slow anymore. So you can imagine just me walking uh, up and down stairs. I didn't have a depth perception, meaning so if, so for me to go, to try to take a step down, um, I would trip and fall or even trying to take a step up, I would trip and fall. 
So it was very challenging for, you know, just me anywhere out in public. You know, you just never knew where you were going to walk. Um, even in incline, I couldn't walk up an incline. We uh, finally realized I could actually go backwards. I would walk backwards up an incline because I didn't have the ability to actually go forward up an incline. Not sure why, but that was just the area of my brain that just was not firing correctly on all, on the all cylinders. But the one biggest thing for me was the pain that I lived with. You know, my I, I always describe them with four different types of pain. One pain felt like my head was a pincushion and thousands of pins were pricking my head. Another pain felt like my head was in a vice and it was just being squished. Another pain felt like my head was a pumpkin and someone had a machete knife and was just stabbing my pain or stabbing my head. And the fourth pain felt um, like I would get these like electrical currents or electrical shocks and they would shoot from one side of my head to the other. And they didn't last long, but boy, they were just really painful. And on any given day, I could have one, two, three, or all four of those pains. I used to call that my fifth pain when I had all of them at the same time. And that was actually debilitating. And I would just sleep. Um, I would, you know, just kind of lay down. And sometimes I slept for a couple days. I just didn't wake up. Um, my, you know, the, one of the doctors described it as like um, a gas in a gas tank. You know, when you're driving around in your gas tank and or in your car and the gas tank goes to empty, the car stops. Well, that's what would happen to me. Um, my, I would just run out of energy or run out of whatever and uh, my brain and body would just stop and I was gone, I was done. I was just absolutely done. I couldn't, I couldn't even function. I, I, was, I would almost go into like a coma-like state. Um, that, I mean, my friends, I tell you, I give them a lot of credit for what they kind of put up with and just would watch me and they would wait till I would wake back up. So that's what my life was like for 13 and a half years. 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 13 and a half, uh, 13 and a half years. So you can imagine my whole identity now, my whole, my whole world wrapped around that brain injury. See, I was now someone living with a disability. I was that person, that was my whole identity and my whole world. You know, I love looking in the, going into the Bible and looking at, you know, just different stories to help relate and help tell my story. So in, um, in the Old Testament, many times men and women were identified by their name. So for example, Abraham was originally called Abram, which meant high father. So I want to look in Genesis 17, 5, and it says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. See, God wanted Abraham to identify with the calling he had on his life. You know, when someone called Abraham's name, they were actually calling forth his identity. They were calling forth who God created and made him to be. See, I needed to no longer identify with this traumatic brain injury. I needed to change the name and to change what I was calling myself. See, I thought when I said I was a brain injury survivor, I thought that was a good thing because I had survived. I thought there was power in what I was saying, that I had survived. Um, you know, I had talked to an anesthesiologist years after my accident and when I described what happened in, in, the, in the beginning days, he said to me, I was lucky to be alive 
because of the swelling inside my head and all that I had, the trauma that I went through, he said that the accident probably should have killed me, which kind of surprised me because to me, it felt like just a simple little bump on the head, but I didn't realize what was going on in the inside of me. See, so I thought when I said I'm a brain injury survivor, it was a strong, powerful statement. But in essence, every single time I said that, I was linking it to my identity. I was calling forth my, my destiny that I was going to live with this brain injury for the rest of my life. See, I believe by me speaking that, I was keeping me locked into this world of a brain injury. So I think the accident, you know, I'm one of those silver lining type people. I'm always gonna see the good in anything that happens. You know, the Bible says that we, um, we're supposed to, in James 1, it says, count it all joy when we go through trials, because we're going to go through trials. We're all going to, you know, we don't, we don't live in a perfect world, so we're going to experience things. So when we experience things, I wanted to make the best out of it. So I was determined to be the best brain injury survivor. But I think what the accident did, it, it gave me an opportunity to have a new identity. It gave me the opportunity to throw it, you know, throw away that brain injury identity and then even that job identity and become who God had made me to be. God called me to be a child of the Most High God. He's called you to do the same thing. God calls us his children. That's who we, that's how we should identify. We need to identify in what God calls us. You know, but before the manifestation of my healing could take place, I believe I first needed to know who Jesus Christ was. And I didn't, I didn't know at that, at the time of the accident. But in looking back, I've been able to see how, what things in my life had blocked me from knowing who God was, who God truly was, who his son was. So during my healing journey, I believe that there were other things in my life. I started to see that there were other things in my life that were blocking me from being able to receive the healing that Jesus died for. See, I had been carrying around childhood scars, emotional and physical abuse that I had gone through that left deep scars and feelings of unworthiness and un being unloved. See, I started to believe the words that had been spoken over me, that you're ugly, that you'll never amount to anything. You can't do this or you can't do that. See, I believed I had to be perfect in order to be accepted in this world. I was that straight A student and if I got a B or if I, you know, I, I don't think I got C's, but <laughs> if I got a B, I would think, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I am not perfect. I believed I had to get straight A's. I played sports, I played every sports. I was a tennis player, a gymnast, volleyball, basketball. I mean, every single sport I played, I believed I had to be number one. I had to be the best. If I came in second place, I felt defeated. I felt un that, that you know, life was gonna be over in that, in that capacity. See, I was living with rejection issues. I didn't realize that I was carrying around this feelings and these emotions that were buried so deep inside of me that I built up walls around me. I used to say I built, I feel like I, I built up a fortress, you know, where, you know, a castle where there was actually a moat. I built up such walls that no one could get in. So not only was I 
blocking the ability to for people around me to get in but I was blocking God from getting into my life see these lies that had been spoken over me these rejection this feeling of unworthiness this doubt it caused I believe doubt and unbelief it caused me not to be able to see that God really wanted me well I never realized this type of thinking was keeping me and holding me in bondage. So how many of you are familiar with the story of the woman with the issue of blood? I love this story because it parallels to my life and to my journey. See, for 13 and a half years, I woke up every day believing I was gonna hear God say to me, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and free from this affliction. You can find that in Mark 534. See, I had the faith to believe and I believed God was gonna say those exact words to me. And that's what I waited for. So I had hope, I had this expectation, but unfortunately I had doubt and unbelief. See, when I, I didn't feel worthy and I didn't feel why would God do, why would God do this for me? That was causing doubt and unbelief. And you can have faith to believe and you can have doubt and unbelief. And unfortunately, the doubt and unbelief was winning. I wanna read you a scripture because it actually tells us when we doubt and unbelief, it calls, it calls us a double-minded man. In James 1, 6, 8, it says, but, for, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea and driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in, in all his ways. I was this double-minded double person. I had faith to believe that I could be healed. But see, I believed the doctor's reports. I believed the pain that I was living with. I believed the symptoms that I was living with for 13 and a half years. And I believe this, is, this was my destiny. I was this wave in the scripture being tossed about because of my doubt and unbelief. I didn't know God's truth about healing. You know, Hosea 4, 6 says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. I had a knowledge problem. I was speaking healing as well as I was speaking sickness over, and unfortunately, as I said, the sickness was winning. Proverbs 18:21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. The words I was speaking and the tapes that were playing in my head were keeping me in bondage. I needed to find God's truth, and I did that in 2008. You know, a friend brought me to a woman's conference and, you know, in the natural, it sounded like ridiculous, right? Because it was difficult me for, to me for, for me to be out in public. It was difficult for me to be around noise and about, around people. Everything overstimulated my brain. I knew there was going to be worship music and, oh my gosh, that would have just, you know, sent shockwaves through my head and my brain. And it was just, it would have been very uncomfortable. But for some reason, I said yes, in which we know now what the reason was. So I did say yes, but 
um, I knew this, I knew everything around me was gonna overload every circuit in my head and just cause pain and difficulty. But the whole day was a divine moment. The session we picked out, it was interesting because they had pieces of paper on the table and it just had scripture verses. And one of the scripture verses was Mark 5:34, And that was the only scripture verse I knew. So we decided to go to that one because that one we knew. And you know what? As only God could orchestrate, there was the speaker that was teaching on biblical healing. So she was talking about biblical healing. Now, I don't remember anything except for one big moment. <laughs> so I don't remember when the this, this speaker was talking because when people would talk, I would only hear sounds. You know, you really have to get my focus and my attention like one-on-one -on -one, for me to be able to like hear you and understand and try to understand what you were saying. So to be in a crowd like that where, you know, someone was speaking, I wasn't able to, you know, hear or process, you know, what they were saying. But my girlfriend did. She heard and got a revelation knowledge that I could be healed. So whatever the speaker said, my girlfriend leaped up out of her chair screaming, did you hear that, did you hear that? And of course I didn't, she goes, I'll tell you later. So she was determined for us to go meet that speaker. We did meet that speaker and um, my, you know, my, my friend you know, shared everything that I was dealing with and the speaker looked at me and said, yes, you can be healed of the brain injury. And I thought, nah, she's crazy. There's no way, how, how could I? I've got doctor's reports, I've got MRIs, I've got CAT scans. She's not understanding. She's not understanding the full picture. But she did, she understood it, I didn't. But the one thing she said to me is she said, you identify as someone with a brain injury. And I did, because I thought that's, that's the only way I was surviving for those 13 and a, 13 and a half years. But you know, God would use those words to unlock the mystery of what I was dealing with and draw, started me on a path towards healing. See, I believe that, you know, God knows us all so well that he knows exactly what to say. So for the next couple months, um, the speaker and my friend started to teach me and started to share and help me understand um, that God really wanted me well. See, because my friend was fully persuaded. She was already on board. You know, she knew that I could be healed and they were determined to help me to understand. I mean, can you imagine trying to teach someone whose brain is not functioning? But you know, God just used these two women who you know, just had the ability to start to show me who um, Jesus was. And I love Isaiah 53, because Isaiah 53 just gives you a perfect picture of who Jesus is. I love it because they were able to paint a picture of who Jesus was for me. I, I, I could picture Jesus on the cross and the stripes that he was taking on his back were for my pain, for my disability, and for my sickness. So I started to meditate on those scriptures. You know, for me, I, I wasn't able to read the Bible as much, but I could hear the Bible, right? I could listen, you know? I mean, you know, just because you might not be able to read and comprehend or you find reading the Bible difficulty, you can listen to the Bible, you know? And that's what I did. I listened to it. And while I believe my natural brain might not have been processing everything, I know my spiritual ear was hearing every word of it which was so exciting, right? I believe at some point, 
the word of God was getting inside of me. And as that word was getting inside of me, it became, it started to become alive. And in just one moment, I don't even know if I can explain or when it happened or how it happened, but that word became so alive inside of me that I believed that Isaiah 53, 5, where it says, by his stripes, you were healed. I believed I could see 2000 years ago when Jesus went to that cross, that he nailed that brain injury to the, to the cross with him, that he took it with him. And something inside of me just believed it. I believed God's word over the scripture. And I believed God's word and every scripture over every symptom I was going through. I still had my symptoms. I still had the pain. I still walked funny. I still wobbled. I still struggled with things. But God's word became more real to me than any symptom I was living with. And I just started to speak forth that I was completely healed. See, I believe what he did, what he did at the cross, he did it for every single one of us. Every single one of us, if, if you're dealing with a symptom, if you're struggling with something, I want you to see it nailed to the cross. I think it's Colossians 2.14 that says that it's nailed to the cross. So I want you to just right now, if you, if you have a symptom in your body or you're dealing with a diagnosis, see it nailed to the cross at the feet of Jesus. See that he took it for you and for me. See, I believed once, once I started to get that revelation knowledge, right? Once I started, you know, I, I, I use the example, you know, if someone's in the hospital and they're, um, they're in the hospital and they need medicine or they need even food, right? What do the doctors and nurses do? They hook them up to something like there's a little, you know, like a, I don't know, it's like a little bag or something like that's hanging and they get it intravenously inside of them, right? That's how they're getting food or medicine or whatever they need, fluids. They're getting it inside of them intravenously. I believe that's what we need to do with the word of God. We need to get it inside of you. So you might be thinking, well, how, how do you do that? You know, how, how do I get that word of God inside of me? Well, you know what you do? You read the Bible, you meditate on those scriptures, you, you listen to good teaching, you know, he, the healing journey today, the, this team is amazing. They've got so many stories. They've got so many healing testimonies and they've got so many teachings and you just constantly pump that word of God inside of you. You know, I tell people a lot of times, you know, you might not believe it in the beginning, but that's okay. God's word is alive. God's word is, is alive and it'll continue to, um, to, to take root. It's like a seed that's planted in your heart and it actually takes root. And as that root, it'll, it'll sprout like a, like a tree, right? Or a plant or anything like that. So just continue to listen to the word of God. Continue to listen to God's truth because as you continue to hear, um, I think it's Roman, Romans, Hmm. 10, 7, 10, 17, I think it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to hear good teaching. You want to hear good truth. And then you want to ask the Holy Spirit to, 
to um, sanction it, right? To tell you if, if you're here, you know, if you're listening to somebody and you kind of get that check in your spirit that says, mm, that doesn't sound right, or I'm not really sure about that. You know, that's the Holy Spirit giving you a check. So, so get, go dive into the word of God. God, find the truth for yourself. Look up the healing scriptures. Isaiah 53, um, you know, 53, four through five says, by his stripes, you were healed. You know, take, take a look at those, those healing scriptures, you know, look up healing, Google all that, and, and just continue to speak forth those positive words. So I want to wrap this up. So in closing, I want to restate my original question to you. Where is your identity rooted? Just like God changed Abraham's name and changed his identity, I want you to see your identity as a child of the Most High God. I want you to get rid of any unbelief, any doubt, any childhood scars, any feelings of unworthiness. I want you to change your thinking to what God now says about you. Find those scriptures to what God says, what God's promises are. Don't let any doubt or any unbelief or anything someone else has spoken over your life. Don't believe that. Believe what God says about you. Know that the words you speak are powerful. Speak blessings over your life. Go and get in the word. There's so many blessings that God has already provided for us. I want you to find those scriptures that show you who you are, who God says you are, that you are his beloved. God says we are his beloved. I want you to get a revelation knowledge of who you are in Christ and all his blessings that he has poured out for us. I want you to see yourself healed and whole. I want you to see yourself highly favored. This is where your identity is rooted. So if you're struggling with any pain, any sickness, any doubt, any unbelief, any anxiety, anything that is not of God, I just want you to put your hand on your heart and I wanna pray for you. Father God, I just thank you for these precious children. I thank you for every precious child that you've called into your kingdom. Father God, I just thank you that as they sit and listen to your word and to your truth, Father God, I just pray for a revelation knowledge that they come to know who you truly are. I break off any negative identity. I break off any identity that they have linked themselves to, whether they've spoken it over themselves or, they, or someone else has spoken over. I curse it to the root right now. I command any pain, any sickness, anything that they are struggling with them, I command it to flee right now in Jesus' name. I speak blessings and health and wholeness over their lives from their tips of the head to the tips of their toes to the tips of their fingertips. We command life flowing into their bodies right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I just wanna thank you for this opportunity to share what was on my heart. And I just wanna leave you with this, that healing is for everyone. 
Thank you so much for listening to me and I will see you very soon. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.